Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash buyer agent toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. Be proactive and business smart because you need to do both sides of the ledger. Uh, a business smart, of course, is uh, watching expenses, uh, consolidation on the proactive side. Boy, have we ever uh, zeroed in on uh, where business comes from. Uh, and it's not just having a database, sending out the items every month, but it's the connectivity with that database. And that's where we're really elevating, uh, helping each of our individual agents. Um, that's where you double your business. And that's what we're committed to getting back to those core activities for the next decade. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Adams with Real Trends. Real Trends is currently accepting applications for the 2023 Real Trends and Tom Ferry Agent and Team Rankings. If you're an agent with over 50 transaction sides or 16 million in volume, or a team with over 60 transaction sides or $24 million in volume in calendar year 2022, we want to feature you in the industry's trusted rankings program. Real Trends has partnered with the majority of the largest brands in the country to receive nominations automatically. However, we recommend that you check with your broker to understand if they will be submitting your data or if you will be required to submit your data to realtrends.com. Submissions close on April 14th, so don't miss out on the chance to be featured in this year's rankings program. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt. I'm the Senior Director of Data and Content for Housing Wire and Real Trends. And today, I'd like to welcome Lennox Scott. He is the CEO and chairman of John L. Scott Real Estate, and also a chair of the 2023 NAR Diversity Committee and a member of the NAR Large Brokerage Advisory Group. The company has been around since 1931 and was founded by his grandfather. Also, John L. Scott is number 17 by transaction sides in the Real Trends 500 brokerage rankings, which were launched on March 24th. So welcome, Lennox. Well, thank you, Tracy. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I first want to just start out with, you know, you have your company has been around for 90 plus years. Um, you are, I think, third generation or your start and you're in your fourth generation. Your daughter is coming into the company as well. So you've seen a lot of succession planning and been through been through a lot of that. So why don't you tell me a little bit about um, some of the lessons that you've learned and a little bit about what's going on with your company right now? Well, uh, thank you. And uh, we are in our 92nd year, so I can see our 100th year from here in year 2031. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, being in a family business, each generation is different. Uh, my granddad's team, my dad's team, my mom and dad, and uh, our team here today, and then in the future, uh, my daughter, uh, Savannah. It'll be uh, her and her team that will uh, move things forward. And uh, the, the biggest uh, item in succession planning within a family business, of course, is engagement, involvement, 
each of us started at a uh, early age of just being around company events and uh, uh, being in, uh, uh, especially with Savannah and her sister Stephanie, being involved with our John L. Scott Foundation uh, for community service and and just the joy of being part of a family team. Uh, and then later on, of course, um, it's them uh, forging their own way. And uh, uh, with Savannah and her sister, they were both national high point champ uh, for the uh, Appaloosa industry. So the work ethic showed up, the commitment to being your best, and they, you know, having that aptitude uh, to uh, to succeed in in business. And then uh, one of the key items that we did, uh, and it was for myself also. Uh, and for Savannah, was uh, being an assistant for one of our uh, top agents in the company. Uh, so uh, coming right out of college, uh, during college, Savannah was an assistant, uh, interned one year, full-time assistant, and then uh, uh, right after college. But learning the business, uh, being involved in the presentations of both the purchase agreements and uh, listing presentations, and then uh, selling on her own. And getting that background, but that success path uh, really uh, uh, set it up for her as it as it did for me. Uh, and now Savannah's uh, working at our uh, service center, uh, working on special projects. And again, um, she's been engaged in our leadership meetings for a couple of years, our office leadership meetings, our executive meetings, helping us move programs forward, interacting with our um, uh, vice presidents and and support team members and our uh, office leaders. So it's um, uh, it's a pathway. Uh, she graduated with um, uh, a degree in economics and marketing, and now is going to uh, go back to an executive uh, business program. Uh, and and it's just uh, engagement. But one thing I learned is each of us. It's it's really and and I ask her this question: Is what do you want to create? Um, uh, where do you want to take uh, take the company? Because it's not about me anymore. I'm at the legacy phase right now in my career, and I'll be here in year 2031 and then beyond. But uh, uh, it, you know, that's when I also had to go through that because it was no longer my granddad's team or my dad's team. Uh, it, it was our team, and what did we want to create as a, a leadership team and as with our broker associates and support team? And then it'll be next generation leadership. Uh, and uh, uh, again, uh, Savannah's already engaged with our young professional network on our uh, DEI uh, advisory group in our leadership meetings. Uh, uh, also, um, uh, you know, just part of our John L. Scott Foundation, all those items. Uh, so that, that's kind of uh, where, where we've come from. Yeah, I always find it fascinating because I feel like with every generation, you're building a whole new business. You're you're building upon what the you know past generation did, but things change and there's new ways of doing things. Um, so what like what did you feel like you changed um, in taking the company over from your father? Well, the um, generations um, before my generation, uh, they uh, came through uh, uh, serving in the military. So it was more of a uh, military uh, structured uh, uh, type of environment, uh, reporting in and uh, uh, commitment, of course, to accomplishing. And uh, I did not personally, I did not serve. I'm very appreciative of those that have. Uh, but ours is more of a collaborative environment. And we, of course, know the next generation is all about uh, they're infused with collaboration and technology. Uh, so they'll take it to a whole new level. 
but uh, that that was probably the uh, the major thing that uh, we brought in as a, as a team. Uh, you know, I started this is my uh, 45th year in leadership uh, in in the company. When I started out, I didn't know. Uh, I was uh, totally uh, committed uh, during the Great Recession of the 80s. We had an office leadership meeting every Saturday morning uh, to figure out, OK, what do we just do? What are we going to do this next week? Because we had to go through a major recession. And uh, so that really set our foundation at that time. Yeah. And obviously, the market is really uncertain right now. We're not sure where it's going to go. Um, you know, hopefully in honestly, there's always opportunity in no matter what the market is. But what are you doing to prepare um, your company for, you know, the, the maybe the next six to 12 months? Well, our, back uh, about uh, eight months ago, or maybe even a little bit further in the summer of last year, we came up with the phrase, be proactive and business smart, because you need to do both sides of the ledger. Uh, a business smart, of course, is uh, watching expenses, uh, consolidation, uh, get back down to your core uh, to uh, get to move through this market uh, to set the foundation for growth. Because uh, real estate goes in a 10-year cycle. Uh, last year, 2022, was the adjustment year. This year, the market solidifies probably this year and next year. And then we'll have seven years of growth. So that's on the business smart. On the proactive side, boy, have we ever uh, zeroed in on uh, where business comes from. There's only one activity that drives business, and that's uh, business development activities. Everything else comes along for the ride. The listing presentations, the uh, purchase agreements, the open houses, all that comes along for the ride. But uh, our main focus in our business development activities is our uh, individual uh, agents uh, database. Um, and it's not just having a database sending out the items every month, but it's the connectivity with that database. And that's where we're really elevating, uh, helping each of our individual agents. Not only do we do the database for them and, and the content and sent delivery systems, but we also come up with a lot of the connectivity items for uh, engagement. Um, that's where you double your business. And that's what we're committed to setting that, uh, getting back to those core uh, activities for the next decade. Yeah, relationships, right? It's all about relationships and um, building on the ones that you have and making new ones. And um, and I think that some of the agents who might be newer to the business or never been through a cycle like this haven't had to do a lot of um, you know prospecting, and you know they've done the minimum of reaching out to their sphere just because business was really good. They had to work really hard to get it to get a contract through, but, um, you know, to get an offer accepted, but, you know, it, business kind of was flowing. So, um, you know, those skills are so important and they're really, that is where the opportunity is, um, right now. Yeah. Well, we took a look at the 80, 20 rule in, in the theme you're moving on here is that, um, 80-20 rule is where 20% implement and they get 80% of the success. Well, we found out the code to break into 80-20 rule because we went 80% plus having success. And the code was supporting our, our broker associates, narrowing their focus down to one or two items that will really move the needle. Because uh, uh, as you were saying, it is all about the uh, relationship, especially in real estate, the trusted relationship of a competent professional. And if you're engaged, uh, you elevate yourself above all the other brokers and uh, agents in the industry uh, uh, with that individual clients. And therefore, you get more their business and more referrals. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you mentioned technology, and we will talk a little bit about technology because I know that you've done a lot with artificial intelligence. Um, I read an article on a business technology website, and it says you're using it to remove racist language from property documents. So talk to me a little bit about what you're doing on that front. Well, uh, how we got there was, of course, the George Floyd murder. We immediately, uh, within a week, had an office leadership uh, uh, conference call. Uh, And what came up is, well, you know, there's still language in property documents, racist language, although they're unenforceable, they're still in documents. And and people are going, well, why is that? And, you know, know, uh, recent generations don't even know about this unless they happen to come across a property document. Uh, But uh, prior to the Fair Housing Act of 1968, there was racist language and, and, and the term called redlining. Uh, where uh, the banks would loan money and uh, uh, there was steering of, uh, of customers at that time. Well, that is unacceptable. That was unacceptable. And by just knowing the language is in there, it brought up inquiry. Why is that? Why did that happen? Why is it happening? I'm so proud of our Washington realtors. We went to the state legislature and got mandatory um, fair housing education requirement for licensing every two years. Uh, we are also looking at uh, removing racist language and uh, the Washington realtors uh, uh, with our energy and, and others. Uh, we uh, got that passed to remove the lang- possibility to remove that uh, language out of the documents. And where this comes up is um, uh, our exe- uh, uh, company operating officer, Phil McBride. Uh, he was in a conversation with uh, Amazon and Amazon Global Initiatives took this on. So they are now working uh, with us in the state of Washington, uh, and 60% of documents are digitized. Well, with AI, they can go in and see which of the documents have the still have the racist language in it, and uh, that, subsequently it will be able to be removed. Now, we're not quite there yet because we're working on processes within the state of um, because it's a judicial um, uh, activity to be able to streamline that so that to make it easy to remove this language. So uh, the AI will discover the language, we'll get the process set, and we'll be able to move forward uh, uh, down the road with that. And there might there's uh, people ask the question, well, if it's unenforceable, why does it really matter it's still in there? Well, we went back to the Martin Luther King speech, uh, I Have a Dream speech in 1962, and one of the statements uh, in his speech that really pertains to this also is we can never be satisfied as long as our children are stripped of their self-worth and di- and robbed of their dignity by signs stating for whites only. Well, that's exactly what's in these documents. It's basically saying for whites only, it's unacceptable what happened. It's unacceptable the language is there. We'll archive the uh, documents so they're not lost and uh, uh, there's uh, the museums that have uh, displays about redlining, so the conversation will never be lost. This will never happen again. Uh, so that's just one of the efforts of using AI for uh, the uh, society and the public good, and really to bring us back into integrity with the U.S. Constitution and Declaration of Independence. Yeah, and now is that you're talking about property records or yes, what, property okay. documents? Yep, that's what I figured. So I think that's just a fascinating endeavor. So, um, you know, congratulations on on moving that forward. Thank so, you. Yeah. Um, and, and let's talk about opportunity today in this in today's market. Where do you see the most opportunity for brokerage owners um, today? 
Well, there's uh, uh, several uh, areas, um, of course, is uh, focusing on what's taking place today. We know there's 30% fewer uh, uh, homes coming on the market, although the ones that are coming on, uh, we're at a, at, at an extreme, we're at a frenzy market again. So they're selling quickly. Homes are selling fast. Uh, so it's just being in tune, not listening to the press, uh, but really focusing on what is really taking place and then engaging with our client base about uh, are they looking forward to an opportunity. Uh, we see the people uh, that's really moving the market right now is more in the retiring uh, retirees, seniors, estates, uh, where they have uh, 100% equity or, or high equity. Uh, homeowners who have been in their home over four years have 50% equity uh, in our marketplace. And then we're also seeing life events. Uh, and for all those homeowners that have uh, 3% uh, mortgages, uh, they, the reason why they're moving is a, a life event is taking place, uh, either um, family formation or dissolving, new kids, jobs. Those are the main reasons for uh, people moving uh, that have a 3% mortgage. Otherwise, it, it is the uh, other sector of opportunity for those that have major equity. So we're focused in on that of um, uh, those individuals. Separately, uh, it's uh, uh, approaching other companies uh, to um, uh, purchase and merge into our existing offices. And we've done uh, many of those. Uh, it's a win-win-win situation for the uh, company because uh, they're um, uh, we're able to acknowledge and uh, respect uh, who they are and what they've accomplished. It's great for their uh, their agents because uh, we have the programs and it's a win for us also uh, to be able to uh, grow an individual office with uh, uh, talented uh, agents uh, moving forward. So that's an another uh, one of those big items. Success might look different this year, but it's out there for those willing to work for it. That's why 2023's Gathering of Eagles will focus on forging opportunities, the perfect chance for industry leaders to take a proactive approach to continually move the needle in their businesses and the real estate industry at large. Gathering of Eagles brings together the nation's most elite brokerage, association and team leaders, C-suite leaders, and top producing agents to grow, network, and set the pace for what's next in our industry. 2023's Gathering of Eagles is at the Omni Barton Creek Resort in the rolling hill country of Austin, Texas from June 18th to 21st. Learn more and register your spot today on the events page at realtrends.com. We can't wait to see you in Austin. And I'm going to throw this one in here and we can cut it out if you <laughs> don't really have an answer. But I'm, I am curious because of the whole um, Silicon Valley Bank and um, Signature Bank and, and some of that, the regional banks that are experiencing some difficulties right now. Has that been affecting your market or do you see that impacting um, mortgages in your market at all or? Well, what happened, uh, that was kind of a shock to the um, financial uh, psychology uh, uh, and, and it got to be a run on the bank and uh, because social media and everything just gets everything done at once. Uh, so uh, that, that was a situation and uh, they did not cover their uh, risk uh, 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 that they were taking uh, uh, by, by uh, you know, covering it. Uh, so that that was an unfortunate situation. We are not seeing that uh, elsewhere. But what happened is that the bond market 
uh, reacted immediately, thinking the Feds weren't going to raise interest rates up like they were talking they were going to raise up. Now, they may end up doing it. We'll see next week. Uh, but uh, it did bring interest rates down a half a point for home mortgage interest rates. Uh, and because just in early February, interest rates went up a point from where they were because the bond market was uh, finally threw in the towel saying, OK, the Feds are going to go up higher in rates than we were expected. And uh, uh, I loved January because I thought we were going back in the fives uh, because I thought the bond market was anticipating what the feds were going to do. But then it didn't turn out that way. So we'll be in these rates for this period of time. There's a major inflection point coming up in June is the debt ceiling increase of the federal government. And hopefully that we claw back some of those spent the spending. Hopefully um, uh, this one uh, uh, oil, new oil drilling isn't the only one. And we get back to energy independence. That's the quickest way to get inflation down and uh, get interest rates down. But we'll, we'll just see how far they go on that. Uh, so there's these different inflection points along the way. Uh, this summer will be uh, uh, critical in seeing where rates are going to be for the rest of this year. And uh, also, there's a premium right now in interest rates. Uh, normally, rates are you have the 10-year bond and interest rates are approximately two points above that. Right now, they're 2.75 above that because the world markets are saying we want a premium not knowing where interest rates are going. Well, once inflation uh, trails over or flattens out and starts trailing down, that premium will come off, that three-quarters point. And we're very excited about that as a possibility um, uh, to, you know, to bring us back down into the upper fives. And um, uh, we're, we're good to go. Um, uh, uh, the marketplace uh, is, has gone through the psycho psychological adjustment from last year uh, uh, of uh, coming off premium pricing uh, of the increase in rates. And now it's here's what, what's going on, what's going on in my life, what are the opportunities uh, that people are focused on today? Yeah, I was just curious. I, I you know, it's a fascinating case study if you read about it, um, you know, with with uh, Silicon Valley Bank in that. So, and I know that I think they invested heavily in mortgage backed securities. So I wasn't sure how that was really going to impact the market in general. Short term, we're okay, uh, but yeah. we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the rankings. You, um, your company has been submitting to the rankings since 2003. I think you're one of the longest tenured, um, you know, um, You've been in the Real Trends 500 for, for all of those years. And last year, you were number 28 by transaction side, your regional, a large regional um, brokerage. So what is the key to continually building on your success every year? Well, it's um, uh, we, we our principles are um, everyone productive and selective recruiting. That's what drives our uh, uh, company for uh, revenues and for our success to be able to have the revenues to uh, for for the departments, uh, the talent to bring forward programs to assist our uh, agents. Our office leaders are just champions and support team uh, that uh, create that the uh, positive foundation of moving things forward. Uh, so, it, so it is a um, uh, a vision of uh, what we what we're doing. Uh, we have our core value is living life as a contribution. And this is a registered trademark, but we came up with uh, what, what is the bigger purpose of who we are as a company? And it was to create this positive environment for each of us to express ourselves of being a contribution in life. That's one of the greatest joys. And we do that with our clients of being a contribution to them, our, both our buyers, our sellers, and those in our database. We're supportive to our teammates. 
We um, uh, all of us get behind the John L. Scott Foundation, supporting children's health care in every market. And then we take those uh, that experiential uh, learning and environment home with family and friends, community and place of faith. Uh, and, and so that's uh, that it's a culture. And uh, we just um, uh, walk in the solutions. We walk in excellence and uh, uh, to be our best. Yeah, now, and what are you um, looking at other than recruitment? Are you doing a lot of uh, walkovers or or M and A locally? Uh, yes, uh, uh, definitely. Um, uh, we we've had several um, uh, uh, you know offices uh, come in, um, especially in this environment. The uh, the whip saw that the uh, uh, the rates took us through of being so low and then being so high uh, that really shook the system, and now we're uh, it. It's back to real life, real estate, and uh, uh, actually uh, individual agents doing the work uh, uh, and and really scheduling their success because that's where it's going to come in. Because there, there's no other activity but business development engagement uh, that's going to carry the day because we already have all the other experience. We've been through every market in the world this last couple of years, the ups, the downs and everything else. We, we got that. Uh, but so it's just really engagement. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is really a a lot of, you know, I've been, I've been in real estate for a long time too. So I've seen the disruptor. That was like the word of the day, right? Um, all these tech companies were disruptors and now they're, they might be trying to disrupt, but they're not saying that they're trying to disrupt, but then there are a lot of them that are really partnering with, uh, brokerage companies and, I've seen a shift in brokerage. You know, their agent is their primary, obviously their primary client, but they also know that they have to serve the customer as well because, or the consumer, because they're looking at more, wanting more options. They want, um, you know, they want more. So what are you seeing as far as that trend goes? Is there anything that you're working on or doing um, that'll help your agents serve the, the consumer more and offer more options to them? Well, a, a word we uh, use is uh, creating, helping create higher level of certainty. And we do that with buyers and sellers. So with buyers, it's not just getting pre-approved. It's getting helping them get fully underwritten before they write up a purchase agreement. Uh, because then there's greater certainty when the, the uh, pre- when the uh, agreement's being presented to the seller. They're fully underwritten. It's just now the appraisal. There is all, everything else has been done. And it shortens the time frame. Uh, we also are working on the integrated transaction process. We're down to the 10-day transaction process now. The, the property transfer date might be a month out, but the process is down, and that creates greater certainty for both buyer sellers and for our agents um, uh, to be able to have balance of life or uh, higher productivity. They have more time available uh, for that. For sellers, we have a program, a John O. Scott program, uh, a trade market called Market Ready Plus. Uh, where we uh, uh, have a source of funds to help sellers uh, uh, fix up, spruce up, and showcase their property, you know, to really bring the value out uh, for their property. So that's a higher level of um, of uh, service, of bringing value forward uh, in, in what we're doing. I love that take on it, um, bringing certainty to to everything, the transaction to the to buyers and sellers. I really like that take a lot because – I think real estate is full of uncertainties. So eliminating as many as you can, um, you know, reduces stress all around too. 
Yeah. And we have that. We have an expression. If it isn't instant, it's not fast enough. So um, <laughs> and, and I've had people say, well, why do you need to get the transaction process down so low? Well, we want it that way because it's a higher level of service. We want to get it down to the five day. And that's where we're moving towards right now to the five day process. And we know 10 years from now, it'll be one day because all buyers will be fully underwritten. Every house will be uh, maybe pre-inspected. Uh, uh, it'll, it'll, it can uh, sell at a nanosecond and the process be uh, complete. We know that's where the industry is going. AI is going to take us there. But there's another term for AI, actual intelligence. Uh, and, and we are using our systems to be able to drive this right now, knowing where the future future is going. And that's what's part of a, a being in the um, uh, in the rankings all over these years. It's uh, uh, being proactive, positive, proactive and productive family team environment. Uh, and, and so we have strategy meetings uh, every month that we talk about these things and we anticipate where the market's going because real estate is so predictable. Uh, of what's uh, what's going to happen next, and and you can look out uh, three six months and already know what's uh, you know what what time of year it is, uh, uh, what the psychology in the market is, what's going to take place, and it just reinforces our agents and their languaging uh, with their uh, individual clients. One more statement we have: uh, while everything continues to change, the core of our business remains the same. So what I mean by that is everything's changing with technology to speed everything up, uh, more information, uh, video, everything. Uh, that's that's all continuing to change. The core is our relationship. And we, we talked about that, Tracy, already. It is that relationship. 80% of our listings are from people, uh, direct or referrals from people we know, uh, 50% of our buyers. That has not changed at all, even though everything else around it has. Yeah, well, you've definitely built a strong culture and that, um, you know, obviously leads to success as well. Um, maintaining that culture and, and adapting as you move through different generations leading the company as well. Um, so, so that I love the culture side of things as well because I feel like that, um, I can definitely see it in certain companies and, uh, other companies, they tell me their culture and I'm like, oh, okay. I, I don't really, see that, um, you know, in, in what you're doing. Um, but it's the way to attract agents, obviously. Um, you know, there's, there's room for all different business models and companies out there, but there's definitely, um, a cultural fit, you know, th that most agents look for. Um, so, so yeah. yeah, so. yeah each of us uh, can do uh, more business if we're in a positive environment, uh, of where uh, uh, you, the expectation is just walking in success, uh, uh, walking in, uh, providing a great service level, being involved in the community, uh, uh, having a higher purpose. Although, we, you know, transactional excellence is what we do within our business. Our higher purpose is being a, is uh, approaching life as from being a contribution. Yeah, and you and, and you know, just to clarify with the audience, you never actually said this is our culture, but a lot of the things that you have talked about, um, you live and you can tell that, um, and and that I think is what really attracts people to your brokerage. So I, it might have seemed like I was diverging in an odd way, but um, you know, culture is it, it doesn't actually have to be defined specifically. It's all about like some of the things that you said you believe in and your company believes in. So. Um, just wanted to clarify that a little bit. And um, to, let's go into the future. So 
Is there anything happening um, in the real estate environment today that might change the way you do business or cause you to add new services? Well, we've got over quite a bit already. Uh, so uh, it's, it's anticipating the uh, new technologies. And of course, the, the chat uh, GPT is exciting. And, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Internet was exciting, the uh, mobile, uh, all those items. Now where it's a video, everything, voice activated uh, uh, situation, uh, just the speed of the uh, processes. Uh, and, and we're working with um, uh, uh, MLSs to uh, set up uh, uh, grids. Uh, like a Northwest grid. So we have uh, one uh, uh, information and delivery, uh, time delivery uh, standards of, of supplying information to uh, uh, brokerages and their agents, uh, you know, not just within that MLS, but within a region. Uh, so, so that's, that's coming forward. Uh, we, we, um, uh, it really doesn't matter what's going on out there. Uh, we adopt everything uh, or do- adopt the items that we know will make an impact. Uh, we don't adopt everything. We adopt the items that will make an impact, uh, but that support the individual agent's relationship because that being their trusted advisor, that consultation, and it's not just about personal um, uh, representation. It's about being their personal representative. Um, uh, I'm your personal representative in partnering with you uh, to uh, help move you move forward, uh, either buying or selling. Uh, in what you're what you're doing, so we're we're bringing it down to the personal level and uh, and and supporting that individual agent. Okay, great. Um, and and some of the changes that could possibly be impacting real estate have to do with all of the um, class action lawsuits right now. Do you see that? Um, you know, impacting. I guess it's hard to say which way it will go, obviously, but um, is there anything you're doing now to prepare for that? Or do you feel like you're, you, um, the way you run your business, it, you won't be, you're not that worried about it? Well, of, of course, um, uh, we as an industry need to be more transparent uh, with the buyer side commission so that the buyers uh, have an opportunity to know what the commission is on the buyer side. They can have the discussion uh, and, and then therefore we need to increase our a value uh, a presentation on the buyer side, just like we have on the seller side. And that's where you get to a personal representation. My job is to help you buy the right home at the right price uh, because uh, the buyers find the home 60% of the time on the internet. It used to be 30% of the time out of the newspaper. So that really hasn't, uh, that, that, that really hasn't changed that much that buyers have a lot of energy to seek out properties. It's just easier now because it's on the internet. But it really comes down to representing uh, them. What is their desired um, uh, items that they want uh, for the home? Is that home right for them? And that's why we go through the consultation. Uh, and then the networking with the other brokers to help them get the right home, help uh, get them uh, buyer ready. Uh, so that they create certainty for the seller, for the uh, listing broker and the seller to accept the uh, transaction. Negotiation skills uh, are, are very uh, also very critical to that. So networking with the other brokers and negotiation skills um, are in representing a buyer. So it's it's transparency, and we have that right now in the uh, uh, in one of our major multiples. It's right on the front of the uh, purchase agreement now. Yeah. Of of, of what the uh, buyer uh, buy side commission is. Yeah, I feel like um, the the industry has become more transparent, um, you know, over the years. Regardless, and, and there are a lot of options for buyers as well, um, you know, to, to choose the type of 
business model they want to choose um, when you know working with a with a brokerage. So it'll be interesting how it all it all shakes out. Um, but my final question is just what's next for John L. Scott? What's next for John Scott? Uh, well, we're um, uh, you know we're working through this phase in the market uh, uh, as the industry uh, consolidates to uh, those who are putting the work in uh, versus those who are not. Uh, so the, we have that attraction and moving forward, uh, solidifying the base, uh, then to move forward uh, from from that point. Um, we are also uh, uh, the big push has happened in the industry of, of uh, working, uh, having home offices agents having home offices. So as leases come up, of course, we're going to look at the footprint of our offices. Just like we did in 2008, we were able to, uh, we eliminated 50% of our square footage and we could double the size of the company in the remaining uh, square footage. Uh, That same type of uh, events coming up uh, now over the next couple of years to reposition uh, our footprints uh, for uh, effectiveness, uh, uh, service centers uh, uh, for our broker associates uh, as we move forward. Great. Well, Lennox, thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. We appreciate all of your insights and advice. Um, So thank you. Right. I appreciate it, Tracy. All the best to you. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.